Welcome to FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I am your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Moira. And Diz. And we also have a very special guest with us here today, coming live from the Ramjack podcast and the Twin Peaks podcast, Brad Couples. What do you say, Brad? (laughs) I say this Christmas when you're putting up your tree, why don't you hang a war bond on it? So our boys overseas can make a sock on Hitler's jaw. (laughs) I didn't understand the word of that. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, what a Christmas tree! <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering if this is this could be something uh, attributed to you getting hit by a car last night. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that near death experience? Uh, I, <laughs> were you walking or something? Yeah. Did you say yeah. I'm walking here? <laughs> I, I've almost been hit at that intersection so many times, <laughs> and it, it was bound had. to happen sooner or later. So was it a flip over the car thing? Was it kind of like a nudge to the side as you're walking? It was kind of a – well, this guy, he was was making a left turn and just ignoring red lights and pedestrians. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Apparently. Wow. Yeah. And he just kind of – and yeah, he ran into me and I – it didn't hit me that hard Uh because he was turning, so he wasn't going very fast. But I I had a good solid bounce from that car. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, my God. And then I punched it because that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> That'll oh, show the car. Did you, yeah. did you point at the t- driver toughly and then keep walking? <laughs> Watching no, he didn't even stop the car. <gasps> oh my god! He like, you he stuck his head out the, the window. Cops. He would yeah, have been in trouble. The, well, he was he was about to cross the bridge, so I they would have they probably wouldn't have found him. But he was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I think so." He's like, and he waited a second. He's like, "Oh, you all right?" Yeah. He's like. Okay, done. Oh my god, Gone. I would have stopped. Craziness. <laughs> what an asshole. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for the story. And we're about to get into another story, which is our section called the Darwin Awards. So the Darwin Awards is our section where I commemorate history individuals in history who protect our gene pool by making the ultimate sacrifice of their of their own lives. Um, and I read that terribly. Uh, the title of this story is Train of Thought. And uh, yeah, so this comes from the, the Soviet Union in 1989. This is a, kind of an older one. And the story is, the Soviet Union is home to a growing number of psychics and mentalists. One of them, E. Frankel, became convinced that he could use his powers to stop vehicles in their tracks. <laughs> I, I, perhaps, oh, but per- you didn't have that bad <laughs> last night. <laughs> Why did I not develop this power? <laughs> oh, can we keep Brad just for his accent? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I could, I, I, I tried to pull off a Nikolai a few weeks back. What? It was adorable, can, Robin. You, you just had to say vodka, and. Then, <laughs> It actually wasn't that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he believed that in extraordinary conditions of direct threat to my organism, all my reserves will be called into action. He started small, a bicycle here, an automobile there, before graduating to streetcars. Finally, he devised an ultimate test of his psychic power. He would halt a freight train in its tracks. (laughs) The engineer of the train that ran Frankel over saw him toss his briefcase aside, step onto the tracks with arms raised, head lowered, and body tensed. The engineer applied the emergency brakes, but it was too late. The mentalist psyched himself out. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that reminds me of my son when he was a little bit younger like you know seven or eight you know how boys are dumb when they're that age and he hey. uh, you know, I was tell him about you know i have to be careful for the cars he had to hold my hand and he's like well if a car tries to hit me i'll just jump over it <laughs> like no that doesn't happen in real life you know it's because all little no, boys doesn't. are superheroes i know right <laughs> You gotta punch the car out of the way. Yeah, yeah apparently. Yes. yes. When you're a grown man, you realize that punching is the way to go and not jumping. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll hear a little break from our a little word from our friends at What's On with Stuff and Des. Not enough time to follow your favorite shows. 
Too busy to figure out what's worth watching? Well, let these ladies do the watching for you. My name is Steph. And my name is Dev. If it's on, they watch it. Saturday Night Live. Being Human. Lost Girl. Dexter. Eureka. The Walking Dead. Grey's Anatomy. Parks and Rec. Survivor. Modern Family. Merlin. Friday Night Live. They'll parse the good. But, but I loved it. it was, I enjoyed it. It was great. I was like, whoa. You know, <clears throat> I was not expecting that at all. So I, I, I like that. The bad. I just was not interested in any of this. So long and not good. And it was like, oh, come on. And the downright awful. I groaned. I was like, oh, I can't stand her face. That was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. So tune in weekly to What's On with Steph and Dez for all your television needs. Available on iTunes or directly at whatsonwithstephandez.blogspot.com. Okay, we're back. So, uh, yeah, we're here with the open casket viewing, and this episode is called The Plan. Mara, Wait a minute. Wait a what? minute. I don't remember if you said during the introduction. Brad, have you watched Six Feet Under before, oh, or is this your first time? Yeah. This is the first time I've watched it. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. okay, good. Love having newbies on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Season two, episode three, The Plan. The husband of a psychic dies, making for some interesting conversations around Fisher and Sons. At Robbie's urging, Ruth enrolls in The Plan, a marathon self-actualization seminar, and is changed. Claire is angry that Gary, her high school guidance counselor, has betrayed her confidences about Gabe. She later turns to Keith when Gabe's personality becomes increasingly unstable. Having passed his funeral director exam, Nate joins his brother for his first L.A. independent funeral director's lunch. Woohoo! <laughs> Deciding to take a few courses at college, Brenda ends up walking out of a biogenetics class after dissing the teacher. Written by Kate Robin and directed by Rose Troche. All right, so we'll see if this uh, this episode was a good one or it was atrocious. Can I start off right off the bat by saying hmm. I, I did not look at the opening credits. So when the opening scene started, I was really pleased to see Mayor Winningham there. Yeah. And where, where do we know her from? From St. Elmo's uh, Fire, originally. Oh, yeah. Lots of, she's been in lots yes, of stuff. Lots of stuff since then. Yeah, hmm. I couldn't name any particular thing. I just know her. Black Beauty, um, um, Mr. Wasn't Ed. she in Grey's Anatomy too? Didn't she play Thatcher's second wife? I was making uh, I was making a marriage yes! joke. Maybe yes. Chris? Was she yeah. in, yes. she on Buffy in the third season as the mayor? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you said last time when you said the the mayor walks in. I thought you said mayor, not mayor. Oh and no, I got that it was mayor. I'm not I hearing got... the difference in what you're saying. You're just saying mayor, mayor. Or mayor. Mayor, 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 mayor. Mayor. All right, moving on. Confused. (laughs) What? I'm sorry, we're diverging. All these mayors and mayors. (laughs) Mayorsy dotes and dozy dotes. Uh oh. (laughs) Bob's gonna guest star. So, uh, yeah, Michael Piper is loading up his car for a family trip, except he's not. He's in a hospital uh, with his wife and mother, and he's dying of cancer. And uh, his wife, Eileen, tells him, don't worry, if you die, it's just your body dying. And as he dies, Eileen watches his soul leave his body. He looked good for someone dying of cancer. You're doing a little corpse watch, corpse scruff watch? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, not good like I was attracted to him, but good as in not emaciated. Uh, he had his hair. You know, I would not have guessed it was cancer. Mm. Well, sometimes cancer gets you in other ways before it wastes your body away. So I guess so. But in my mm. experience, I've had several family members die and they pretty much look like cancer patients at the end. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, good call. Uh, so the next scene, uh, David is trying to help Nate with, uh, his research on AVM. He's turned into a bit of a research boy and too much to Nate's displeasure. Um, Eileen comes Which I in. thought was sweet, by the way. I thought it was very sweet. Yeah. So. Yes, it was. So there, <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Eileen's, Eileen comes in and she's checking out the wall and she talks like she's shopping with her husband. 
Yikes. Now, I, I wanted, she was looking at first at one on the top row, and I was like, I really want her to pick one on the bottom row, because the guy who sold it to him said the top <laughs> row was the one the men sto- seemed to gravitate towards, and the bottom row was the one the women, you know, gravitate to. Um, but, in fact, the one she picked was actually on the women's row, but her husband was the one who picked it. So maybe that they're trying to tell us something. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I know it's it's kind the of ghosts are anymore, but... actually their minds talking to them. <laughs> maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was thinking at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, David and Nate think she's totally bonkers, and uh, she says <laughs> she's a psychic. And David says, "Wow, that must be very interesting for you." Uh, says that Nate has a lot on his mind, but it's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Wait. Vague. Uh, Nate shows David. Wait, 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 is that where she says in his mind or on his mind? Or is that later? She said in. In, first, right? And then she, said and then she corrects it. Whichever mm. way she can get him. Yeah. So you think right off the bat she's a shyster? Of course she's a shyster. Mm. She was, seems to I absolutely believe it, though, doesn't she? I was she, buying what she was selling. <laughs> she may have convinced herself that she's, you know, a psychic. In which case, she's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because you ascribe to the Brenda school of <laughs> how uh, the life yes. works. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> I kind of think it's fun to pretend she's a psychic. Let's just go with that. Can we go with she's that? She's totally a psychic. <laughs> Not on my watch. That means everything that she says is is true then. So uh maybe she could become a new member of the carnival in Carnival. Ooh. <laughs> I love these intro crafts crossovers, you know. We got Bob, we got the Carnival. This is great. Um yeah, so Nate shows David uh her card and he talks to her he talks to him about what you know, what what do you think comes after death and David thinks it's uh the consequences whatever it is we we're, we kind of suffer the consequences of what we did in life and um Nate says he feels like dad's around and David says no he doesn't <laughs> liar. liar liar pants on fire we'll talk about- no that just means that David realizes it's all in his head <laughs> <laughs> and Nate doesn't <laughs> could be <laughs> of course Nate just got tortured by a crying football player in the last episode so uh, well, you know, Nate also has something in his brain, you know, I mean, would that not cause hallucinations? No. Uh, well, maybe he doesn't know that, okay? <laughs> then he doesn't listen to me, does he? I'm glad we have a medical expert on the show, too. <laughs> You're just looking flat out, no. Yeah, like, boom. <laughs> Shut that one down. Fact watch. Yeah, I was using all my immense tact and charming bedside manner. <laughs> Clearly. You're cavalier. Uh, um, yeah, so they start talking about this uh, uh, lunch with the uh, other funeral people, and uh, Claire c- comes in very pissed off about everything. Um, and Ruth comes in and she says she's starting the plan, which is a, a course of self actualization. And they automatically are like, cult, cult. <laughs> oh, Ruth. And what's with the Brazil nut hate in that house? <laughs> exactly. Who hates a Brazil nut? Huh. They're, they're nice and crisp and, and kind of pleasant and pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> Those fishers, what do they know? <laughs> ah. um, yeah, so the next scene, we're, we're at the plan, and uh, this woman is talking to uh, the Borg queen, Alma, about how her father burnt her. And uh, she says that you should invite your father over and forgive him. <laughs> And that's when I wrote in my notes, the plan is fucking idiotic. And I wrote in my notes, Elma is a whack job. Yes. <laughs> agreed. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> the audience doesn't seem to buy it. And Alma asks who disagrees. And Ruth doesn't raise her hand. So Alma calls on her and then turns it all on her saying she's a guest on her in her own house. And then immediately the room is hers again. <laughs> Classic. Mm. Um, Claire meets up with Gary and she says that she hasn't talked to Gabe in two weeks. No one can ever solve someone else's life, he says. Except Can I do the quote? Can oh, I go do ahead, the quote? Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> she's, and her response to that, so basically your job is totally pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. And he says, except for guidance counselors. <laughs> 
Um, so Nate and David arrive at the uh, mortician get together, and we meet Stan, Jack, and Bobo. <laughs> that looked like so much fun. <laughs> Which one was the spitter? <laughs> the one in the middle. That was Bobo. Uh, that yeah. <laughs> uh, so Bobo is foaming at the mouth. Yeah, this is the Kroners are a bunch of cocksuckers. Sorry, cunts. Uh, <laughs> you'll ram a plastic screw up his anus before he gives in. No offense, David. No offense. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> so Nate not only They're buys really... into it, and he gets them riled up as well. God. They're really pushing the uh, the uh, plastic uh, anus screw this season, aren't they? <laughs> no yeah. kidding. That is a second reference in like, two episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, We're going to have to have plastic anus screw watch. I love the fact that I'm being constantly reminded that if I'm not cremated, they will shove a plastic screw up my ass. <laughs> after uh-huh. I will be cremated. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please burn me. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Gary calls Claire back in to talk to Detective Reese, and uh, the detective asks her where Gabe is and asks her about if she knows anything about the holdup or what, you know, maybe she's connected to this embalming fluid thing, and uh, yeah, Claire denies it all and glares at Gary. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so Brenda's at a college class. And yeah, oh, shit, well... First, she was planning to take oh, excuse college me. classes. She's contemplating a college class I have read. Yes. Sorry. And um, I thought that was cool because, you know, I've been having a midlife crisis uh-huh. and I started going back to school and it's great. <laughs> awesome. But uh, biogenetics sounds awesome. I would love to take that class. <laughs> and we Just find out that, that. Uh, it's been sure. about four weeks yeah. since Brenda's given it up. <laughs> Evan Flow. Four weeks? Oh, yes. It was like... It'll be four weeks on Tuesday. Yeah, Yeah. okay. It's a normal... That is a long time. It's a normal ebb. She's a liar. That's a long time. I think everybody was lying about their sex lives in this one, though. (laughs) I would agree. (laughs) Um, Ruth comes home late. She's tired, and she's... uh, She feels horrible, uh, but she's going back, so she won't be rude or waste any of the money that she spent. (laughs) Why would you care if you're rude? Oh my god! I mean, I I can appreciate that she wouldn't want to waste the money, but the fact that she would, they don't, she doesn't want them to think she's rude. (laughs) You're never going to see these people again. (laughs) Um, Claire offers her tea. Ruth is suspicious that she's up to something, and uh, then she apologizes for imposing her old (laughs) blueprint on her. Oh God. The house, the house building analogies are killing me. Yes, and I just don't think they're that good. No, horrible. If you remember my season two teases, uh, at the end of Knock Knock, I, one of the ones was Ruth starts working on her house. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's referring to this one. Okay. Um, yeah, so she has some homework to do. She has to write some sort of essay about, uh, I don't know, the, how she's wronged herself or whatever. And, uh, oh, yeah, I didn't do my homework. I didn't write an essay. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> you should have. Am I going to get a zero? Yeah, you will. <laughs> I didn't either. We're going to flunk this class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Screwed. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that uh, Claire's actually, what, you guys know what Claire's watching this scene? Yes, I looked it up. Oh, nice. Go ahead. Something with I did homework. Uh, Sheen in it. Mm-hmm. It was Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek, and it's called Badlands from 1973. Let me read you what it was. Ready? A dramatization of the, hmm, looks like it's Starkweather Fugue or something, killing spree of the 1950s, in which a teenage girl and her 20-something boyfriend slaughtered her entire family. Um, and this occurred in the uh, Dakota Badlands. Lovely. Wow. Eh? So... Lovely. Uh, maybe uh, Claire was thinking, hmm, me and Gabe can kill the whole family. Bonnie, no, God. I don't think she was thinking that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to make not. a new house. We're just going to break this one. <laughs> not buying it. No, but it was definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> i have to hit the nail on the head. Okay, next. Uh, Rico is complaining. Oh, fuck <laughs> it. he does. God, I, I hate him. Don't you hate him, Brad? I hate him so much. <laughs> Funny, I was going to predict you might say that. Yeah, we just read your feedback uh, last week, I mean. 
<gasps> yeah. You, do elaborate. You hate him because, because I want to hear. Because I'm hitting too right now. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. So he's really good at his job. <laughs> That's apparently his only redeeming feature. Yes. <laughs> because he complains about it. He's always making demands of the fishers. Give me money. Give, make me a partner. No, you don't get these things. <laughs> <laughs> you just let me oh let me use the let me use your house for a party uh-huh. after I make crazy uh, homophobic slurs at you. Seriously, he's a but but don't worry, your family, your family. God, I see. I, I started. I started kind of apologizing for him last episode a little bit. I tried, you know. I mean, I just think that he's been he's been there since he's like uh, like I don't know a, a young man or a teenager. And learning under uh, uh, Mr. Fisher, and maybe he just considers himself part of the family now. Well, apparently he's wrong. Hmm. And he forgot of- to glue the mouth shut in this episode, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not that way good to- at his job. Yeah, I was going to say, way to get a new job, Rico. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, he's talking to Nate about how Angie spent the night after having boyfriend troubles because, you know... I know after loaning them a huge amount of money, the last thing he wants to do is have her come over for a night. So I warned him. I said, you, you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he had a choice. <laughs> uh, Nate apologizes about the loan and asks Rico if he and Vanessa still have sex after five years and two kids. And Rico says it's, they've had to cut down to about three to four times a week. <laughs> Liar. Liar. Maybe month. This is one of those questions where like I don't want to be Nate be like, so seriously? (laughs) (laughs) I mean me too. (laughs) I think this is the uh the Doctor House answer. Everybody lies. You know? Mm. Yes. Um next scene Keith is getting pissed off about the guys hogging the court. And he tells David he suspects Carla of using again. And uh, David is, you know, being very supportive. <laughs> he has no ulterior motives at all. Uh, <laughs> Keith starts talking about how Eddie can't play racquetball or pool. And David is not at all upset about that. <laughs> S- suddenly, Keith and Eddie are having issues, apparently. Or mm-hmm. Keith is just tired of Eddie. I mean, I just don't get the whole thing. Also, don't care. Okay. All right. Very dismissive. Okay. I'm going to call it right now. Keith and David are going to end up uh, raising that girl. Okay. Oh, hmm. gosh. Now, will will Keith will the will Keith and David uh, work out, or is he going to treat him the same way he treats he seems to be treating Eddie right here by going out and playing racquetball with other men <laughs> and really playing racquetball this time so far. <laughs> Well, it didn't seem like he treated um, David like that too much the first time around no, we together. No. So and I, th- maybe- I think my theory is I think he's still got a flame for David and David was just so screwed up that Keith had to back away. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why as David is getting his act together, Keith is finding himself drawn back in. That's my theory. Yeah. All right. So uh, Brent, here we are finally in the, the college classroom with Brenda and uh, the professor is teaching from her own book. And, uh, oh my god, that teacher was such a douchebag. Yes, I agree. Really. I mean, she was <clears throat> she didn't want to listen to anything <laughs> and uh she was so far up her own ass about her own book. Mm-hmm. It was just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. If I ever had a teacher like that, I would not <laughs> want to take that class. I was totally with Brenda on this one. I was yeah. glad she walked out. The teacher was a moron. Yes. The teacher didn't make any sense at all. No. No. I this this was one of the huge problems I had with this episode. Uh, the other being I just misheard something earlier on, and I thought this was actually the ethics on evolution class, oh. which oh, no. <laughs> which was throwing me into a huge panic because I don't even understand what the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> but the teacher's argument, let's break this down. It's basically there's a. Uh, Oh crap! What is it? Let me find. Yeah, it. that's good because um, I, I was like, should I make notes on what she's actually saying? Because I really didn't understand. I did oh, not. Yeah, it was I went through it about it. four times oh, nice. because it's, I can't work it out. Okay, <laughs> so biology has been abused as an ideal, ideological tool. Mm-hmm. That I'll grant. Okay. Um, 
But that's not a problem because we have genetic engineering now. I, I don't get it either. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Even I've the first phrase, though, Brad, abused by whom and to what end? She doesn't care yeah. who she means. It's so vague and so badly written and such a ridiculous straw man character yeah. that it pisses me off hugely. It's shitty, shitty writing. Aww. It is. But here's the thing. So I finally worked out that I think sh- I think what they're going for is that people have used biology as an excuse for like eugenics and racism, mm-hmm. um, saying that people are biologically different. Um, and she says, well, here's the proof. Uh, we we've uh, humans have created genetic engineering and we know all about genetics now. So since humans figure that out, then humans are all equal, which I guess no, I could be okay with, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make argument. sense. It's two different issues. Yeah. And then Brenda <laughs> argues something else that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and so if, okay, if I'm going to assume that the teacher's book is about eugenics are bad and racism is bad because we've got science. Yeah. Then I guess Brenda's argument, which isn't addressing anything that she actually said, um, just the tone. Um, I guess the teacher is perceiving Brenda to be for eugenics, maybe. <laughs> I, or even just the teacher's perceiving her to be a challenge of any kind. The teacher's a little despot. Yeah. You know? And that's. The teacher's not a real character. No, she isn't. She's too She's a black strong and white. man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was annoying, wasn't it? I yes. think you just smack her, leave the classroom, and shut the door. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, what I got out of that scene was blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're so brilliant, professor. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, dissenting opinion. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm out of here <laughs> then. Blah. That's kind of what I and got out of And I was like, oh, right. go, Brenda. <laughs> I got words, tone, words with tone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah immediately uh brenda is now done with the college experience um well it's too bad you know she could yeah. have taken something else pottery or you know a uh, language or something that would have been you know less confrontational but doesn't that seem like rather immature black and white thinking on her part really come on one one bad prof one more yeah. on and you just Don't fail I think that wasn't really what she wanted to do anyways. You know, if yeah. she really wanted to, she would have stuck with it and yeah. found something else. But she was just kind of exploring an option and it just uh, decided, eh, not for me. Um, well, the next scene, Nate talks with my favorite Fisher, his dad, uh, about uh, where Mr. Piper might have gone to. And uh, he says, you'll never know, buddy boy, until it's your turn. And Eileen comes in. Nate asks her if she senses his father. And we get a little bit of uh, kind of a panning around. You see the father standing in the background. And she says, no, but he could be lost in the crowd. In here. And I knew she was going to say no. <laughs> of course she can't sense him. He's right. right there. David comes in and she tells she tells uh, them that she's pretty sure a child will be here very soon. I'm not sure which one of it it is. And then Rico walks in with a gusto. Hey, she got one right. That <laughs> made me LOL. It did. Yes. Yeah, me too. If you throw it a large enough net, you're bound to catch something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, so she thanks him for his work, and he starts getting into the gory details until Nate ushers him away. <laughs> uh, the next scene is Michael Piper's Wake. They do a little Walt Whitman poem about where the soul goes. And uh, Nathaniel says he's help. he's hanging around to help Nate get used to it. And I was going to ask you guys, what do you, what do you think he means by that quote? Are you used to dying or? Used to him being gone. Gone. That's what I thought too, because it was the same thing that she said her, her husband was doing. He was hanging around helping her get used to his death. Can I hearken back to something that we, way back when we did our season one finale show and we touched on this and then we never got back to it. And I wanted to, which was at the very end of that episode, we see Nate Sr. walking up the stairs. He's smiling at all of his family in the front room, having their 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 little party, and he's walking away. And at that moment, you wonder, is that the ghost Nate Sr.? Right. Or, or what is that? Because... It leaves it rather nebulous. And in this episode, it made me think of that, or this, sec- this scene, because yeah. I thought again, all right, is this really all Nate Jr.'s imagination or what? I just assume it's always the imagination because, you know, ghosts aren't real. 
But even that scene where he's walking away at the end of season one? Yeah, yeah that is the first know. time in the show where it, he's not actually talking to anybody and nobody yeah. actually sees him. Yeah. So. Brad, this, you weigh in here. It's aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's it. It's aesthetically pleasing. It's pleasant. That's why we saw his ghost at the end of the last season. But I, yeah, I think most of all, it's just in people's heads. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I want him to be real. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Claire tries to tell Nate something, but David interrupts and says that Bobo sold. And Nate says, nobody? My Bobo? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the next scene uh, Mrs. Charles is watching Taylor and Keith is there and Carla's been out of town for days Keith wants to file a missing persons report and accuses his mother of covering up for her and she says you respect me or I'll smack the black right off of you <laughs> I love that that line. was great yeah um, yes so the next scene <clears throat> Brenda's at a bar with uh, Jake Hansen from Melrose Place um, in this episode, he calls himself Scott Axelrod. He was also Shaw from Bernodus uh, recently. Oh. Well, I remember him from Melrose Place. I did not watch that because I um, am not as girly as you. Oh, okay. I watched it because it was on after 90210. Uh, which I also did not watch because I am not as girly as you. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Everybody, go back to your corners of the ring, you two. Accept that and move on. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, she tells him that she's her name is Candace Bouvier and that she teaches sign language to uh, newly, I don't know, newly deaf children. Because uh, she really enjoys communicating with her body. <laughs> wow. Oh, Slut. Too much. Uh... Slut. <laughs> she's not getting it at home. <laughs> oh, wait. That's not her. for lack of his interest. Yeah. That's her. So, fault. hey, no sympathy for me. Mm. No. So, yeah, Nate shows up and Scott slips her his card. Um, Robbie, the next scene, uh, Robbie, there to get out of the plan, Robbie's encouraging uh, Ruth to call her kids and Ruth fake calls Claire. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crafty little Ruth. Yes. <laughs> um, the next scene, Claire does get a call, but it's from Gabe telling him to, telling her to pick him up. Yeah. Don't do it, Claire. Well. Ugh. And then at dinner with Brenda, we have, uh, she's as happy as usual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so she's done with academia next. That's, that's what she says. And, uh, Brenda scoffs at Eileen's beliefs and she says, we're all just energy. There's, there's no plan. We just survived. And she's been prepared to die since she was six when she found out about what nuclear war would do to the world. (laughs) Which I thought, and here's here's the thing, I was with her until ex- we got into this energy nonsense. <laughs> what this whole thing? Uh, I why is Brenda reasonable to the point of when we get to um, about the energy and the healing and the yeah t- Pe- all of that? Where does making, that come from? People making their mark on places. Because she comes, oh. she tries to claim all of that is all very logical in its physics, and yet she doesn't believe in life after death. Even though, if you had a soul, hey, that would be energy and physics, Brent. <laughs> yeah, right. This, this whole energy makes, thing—that's uh, not physics. I don't know what she's talking about. But I thought it was quite sad that, hearkening back, of course, to her poor, poor upbringing and bad parenting, that her parents would let a six-year-old read such uh, well, an article it, in the first place. They might not have let her. She might have just come across it when she wasn't supposed to. But still, you know, the fact that she's such such a smart child um, Mm -hmm. was the problem. If she was just a regular dumb old kid like all the other ones, she wouldn't have understood it. I mean, when I saw Night of the Comet, I was scared uh, (laughs) as a kid. But uh... (laughs) sometimes parents do silly things. They let their very young children, for instance, listen to the morning radio every day on the drive to school. And then when the kid is made fearful by what they hear on the radio news, they wonder what they should do about that. Gee, what do you think I told them? 
Stop letting them listening to the news. They're six years old. And then some mothers the let, let their kids listen to podcasts, explicit podcasts on their way to school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> bad, bad. Look, hey, look my kids, if, it, if it's just saying curse words, my kids hear that out of my, my mouth. But if they start talking about dirty adult things, I will turn it off. I'm going to have Keith so, give you a phone call. I actually usually <laughs> listen to the non-explicit ones with the kids in the nice. car. Usually. I I don't see any reason why we should have any any sort of proclivities on language at all. Hmm. That yeah. seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, I teach my kids, uh, you know, uh, you want to say it, uh, go in your room and say it where no one can hear you or wait till you're a grown-up. Because that's what, you know, you get to be a grown-up, you get special privileges like saying bad words i can say them all i want you can't so you know i mean they know the difference occasionally a bad word will slip but i know lots of people who don't curse around their kids and uh, yeah i'm very old school with that those kids still Ah. learn the bad words and let them slip occasionally so and what's the danger if they do yes i know I don't know. There's syllables. I, I always, I always kind of harken back to Tony Soprano and my parenting with the, the. There's an episode in The Sopranos where he tells his daughter that in here it's 1950s. Out there you can do whatever you want, but in here, <laughs> in my house, it's 1950s America. See, I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite. I tell my kids if you want to curse, do it here. When you're out in public. Don't. You know, when you go to school, don't say those kind of words. If you accidentally say them at home, I'm okay. You know, you don't need to say them, but as long as it's not at school where you'll get in trouble or, you know, some kind of social situation like that. So the conversation, have a good day at school, Gavin. See you later, asshole. We'll fly in your house. (laughs) Um, No, uh, I don't usually do like that. um, Or or like, I'll fucking try. <laughs> no. no, perfectly but, fine, acceptable. They know. They know when I start bringing out the f word, like you know, uh, I'm pissed, and I've told you like ten times already, and you're not listening. So that means I've been really pissed off, and you better do it right away. Right. Like, uh, get to your fucking room now. They know that they've crossed the line. <laughs> so it's kind of an indicator on how much trouble they're My in. The teacher's a cocksucker. No offense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just earned the explicit tag. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, next scene. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure people have an issue with this one. You guys, uh, <laughs> Alma asks everybody to feel like an idiot. And then she's like, get it? <laughs> I didn't get it get either. It? I'm with Ruth. I'm like, this is fucking retarded. I'm with you, Des. I thought it was absolutely um, stupid. It was stupid. I'm like, that's, uh, you know. They no. were just little sheep. Bah, bah. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. that's it. Yes. Oh. Well, Ruth says she has a happy home. And uh, Alma tells <laughs> her to complain. And then Ruth does. does the, I, I figure Ruth. a few girls wrote this down, so. No. I no, I didn't. No? I didn't, I didn't take notes for this episode. I that would require me to be cursing for the entire next five minutes. <laughs> that would be awesome, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> she was saying, fuck this, fuck that, fuck this, fuck that. I know that much. <laughs> the funniest had to be when she told she told Robbie to fuck you because you wouldn't let me have a Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah, yes. And fuck her legless grandma. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she yeah, she's even cites her selfish bohemian sister and her fucking bliss. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right, so wrapping up the episode, we have Claire picking a very paranoid Gabe up. Uh, Claire tells him to turn himself in, and since, of course, at the right moment, some douchebag pulls up and starts hassling her about the fact that she drives a hearse. That's when Gabe pulls out a gun and shoots. You don't really see where the bullet goes, but um, Mm -hmm. Gabe makes her drive. She's freaking out. She's crying. He and then pulls over and ends up getting his gun and tells him to get out. And at which point I wrote beside when she gets the gun, I wrote, no, because I'm thinking your fingerprints are on it now. What are you going to do with it? Oh, my God. That Mm -hmm. freaked me right out. That was what I was worried about, too. But it's a good thing they have a cop in their pocket. Sure is. Sound like she's mobbed up. (laughs) (laughs) Just about. (laughs) Um, she drives back to see if the person's okay and there's nobody there at the intersection so apparently they were okay Mm. Um, yes so we have another awesome scene 
with uh, Father Nathaniel, and uh, he says, he asks David if uh, he's in heaven or hell, and um, he says he th- thinks it, thinks if there is a God, he's a mean-spirited comedian. Mean-spirited comedian. So, um, yeah, he must be in hell, which is good because David will have someone to talk to after he dies. Hmm. And David says, I don't think you're in hell, and then tells him that he misses him. And then I tear up. And oh god! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nate comes in, and so does Claire in tears. Um, The next scene, we have Robbie and Ruth all drunk at a bar. (laughs) Oh, I loved the scene so much. Where she's trying to kiss us. Uh, That was hilarious. Clearly, they had been drinking. But she was so funny. I just wish she would have let her hair down um, because she looked, you know, she looked younger laughing like that. She would have yeah. looked twice as young with her hair down, too. I feel so bad for Ruth during this episode because she just looks so frazzled because they, like, make her, like, sit in this chair for, like, hours and hours on end, you know? With her 1982 blouse she was wearing. Yeah. It's driving yeah. Me crazy. <laughs> Uh, in the last scene, Keith's collecting the gun as evidence and asks Claire about Gabe. Um, David seems very empathetic, but da- Nate is furious. Keith tries mm. to keep the peace, and Nate apologizes. And Keith tells her she needs to go to the police station and talk to somebody. And he promises Claire that he'll be there. And David is sweating. Black sex cop. And you know so. something? That scene is what touched me, actually. Yeah. That Keith was there for them and came through and was so sweet to Claire. While yeah. Nate, meanwhile, was being a real asshole <laughs> of a big brother. It was uh, all about was... his own feelings. It was all about he couldn't get into her headspace at all. Yeah. I think he was just, um, he couldn't believe that he, you know, I mean, the situation, he wasn't in it. But he couldn't believe that, you know, she didn't well, tell anybody. <sighs> These last couple episodes, Nate's been kind of pissing me off. You know, my Nate love is yeah. dropping on the old NATO meter. He's dying. He's he not freaking dying. Mouth. He's got a condition he needs to man up and deal with. Like he's dying. Jesus, he's not dying. He's Here's the dying. problem. Here's the problem with what's going on with Nate. Is one, he's already assuming the worst, mm. while at the same time pretending to be in denial. <laughs> yeah. And just being an asshole the whole time. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was that bad. I probably would have been pissed off. Too yeah, I was. Because... I was. I, I kind of fall. I mean, I know he was like overreacted a, a little bit because it's not what she needed. But um, right. if I found out my little sister was like in a car being driven around by some douchebag with a gun and stuff, I'd be flipping right the fuck out. Yes. Um, I mean, you don't always, you know, sometimes in that situation, you just react with, you know, those emotions before you calm down and think, oh, wait, this person needs me to not be like this. You know? Well, I guess I got the sense that they'd already, some discussion had already gone on a little bit. They're all sitting down at this point. I, I thought he might have gotten through that perhaps, stage. Already. Perhaps, perhaps what we didn't see was Nate didn't really say anything and he kept, was all bottled up and he was finally boiling over by the time we got there because that's what the uh, scriptwriter needed us to see. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what <Bad> writing. Lazy <laughs> <laughs> writing. Uh, all right. So uh, that's it for our open casket viewing. Uh, let's take a break and hear from our friends at Castlecast. <sighs> Heidi. Heidi. Hey. John, what happened to you? You look awful. Uh, I had an accident, but I'll be okay. Listen, I... Where have you been? You're late for recording. That's what I wanted to tell you. Listen, I was hanging a clock in the bathroom, and I slipped, and I hit my head on the toilet. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I I blacked out for a bit. When I came to, I had an epiphany. You know that show on ABC, Castle? I, what? You know, Castle. It's that murder mystery show starring Nathan Fillion. Everyone loves it. Come on, keep up. I'm familiar with it, yes. Okay, well, I was thinking... You may want to sit down for this. I am sitting. Oh, well, then I'll sit. I was thinking we should do a podcast about Castle. You're kidding, right? No, I'm serious. We could do a weekly podcast wherein we talk about the latest news involving the series, its cast and crew. John. Follow that with a recap and review of the latest episode with emails, voicemails, and a Twitter poll. John. And you know what else? 
we can even have a music appreciation segment featuring actual score pieces from the show by its composer, Robert Duncan. Seriously, John? Then we can wrap up the show with spoilers. John. Yes? We already have a Castle podcast. Really? Yes, really. It's called CastleCast.net. Don't you remember? Ooh, good name. We should grab it before someone else does. Oh, for the love of... What? You got a better idea? Maybe you should go to the hospital. I think you might have a concussion. Don't be silly. I'm fine. What I should really do right now is go make some album art for the podcast in iTunes. Bam, said the lady. CastleCast.net, the original fan podcast all about the ABC series Castle. Hey, Heidi, you'll never guess what I saw outside just now. A double rainbow. Yep, definitely a concussion. Okay, we're back. And uh, this is a segment called Fisher of the Week, in which we award the fa- our favorite Fisher family this week, family member this week, and uh, we explain why. So, Brad, who is your favorite Fisher of the Week this week? Well, it's certainly not Nate. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't take his shirt off, so of course not. Yeah, the hell with him. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's definitely it. And no scruff, so there's he's out of the running. I'm not sure if Brad's calling that into. I, that wasn't so much on the on the list. <laughs> so much. Oh, can we just say thank Man. God for male guests? <laughs> Men. They have Sorry. Priorities are all screwed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I feel. I think I have to go with Ruth. Um, for. Even though she got sucked up into crazy uh, culty people, she did stand up for herself despite the fact they didn't recognize that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They, I forgot to mention they all kind of like applauded her speech and it's like like she made some sort of breakthrough. Like that was all a part of the plan. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Des? Um, I am going to go with Claire because Nate didn't take his shirt off. Or half scruff. Um, <laughs> no, Claire, because um, she um, actually dealt with the situation she was in pretty well for being a teenager who was scared. Uh, she, you know, went back to see if that person was okay. She she kicked, gave out the car. She kept the gun. She brought it. You know, she went to to talk to authorities. Which needed to be done, and she is dealing with the situation before it gets even more out of hand. Okay. Uh, who else? Moira? <laughs> <laughs> so many people here. Because <laughs> there's about four or five other people here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Timothy hasn't gone yet. Somebody. Somebody go. Oh, God. Okay. I am agreeing with Brad on this one. I'm picking Ruth. Although Claire was my second. And for many of the same reasons, I think to see her so joyous with Ravi in the bar scene alone is worth the price of admission. That was pretty cool. And watching her stand up there and rant and say, fuck this about everything was so liberating and so good for her that I had to applaud that. So I'm going with Ruth. Oh my gosh, it was it was, it was was so awesome. I, I definitely want to save Ruth. And we'd have shots if... Uh, Somebody agreed with us, but... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, but I think that dealing with your crazy boyfriend who um, has a gun and is robbing convenience stores is a little bit more important than break having a breakthrough with the cult. I'm sorry. <laughs> Des, you had your time to talk already, so it's my turn. I will talk all day, damn it. <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree about Ruth. Ruth for the... Awesome speech and the, the Snickers bar and uh, and getting <laughs> drunk with Ravi was awesome to see. Um, I just I, I never really thought like she it's like she was trying, you know, through the episode to, to go along with the plan and trying to understand it and trying to make it a part of her life. Thinking maybe maybe it would help her. But uh, I like the fact that in the end, she didn't <laughs> seem to quite buy it. I almost got the feeling during the episode she wasn't she was just trying it and trying it and it wasn't quite working yet and she was tired and exhausted but she paid all this money <laughs> and uh yeah so Ruth so 
Uh, that's it for Fish of the Week. Let's move on to listener eulogies. So we have only one listener eulogy, and I actually posted in the Facebook group, I said, how can we have Brad on if he's not going to read uh, one of uh, our listener <laughs> feedback? So Claire obliged, and Brad, if you don't mind, I just put it into the Skype chat for you to read. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> I didn't know I was being brought on as a workhorse. <laughs> <laughs> you will earn your keep. I've been called a slave right. driver. <laughs> oh, Claire. <laughs> Aren't you used to reading Claire emails? Come on now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter how many I read. I'm always a little taken aback. All right. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. <laughs> Hello, FisherCast, we meet again. I'm typing, this te- I'm typing this feedback as I watch, so apologies if it's nonsensical and random. Does anyone else find the names of the caskets as hilarious as I do? Just having a coffin called Parliament and Cleveland and Titan is so bizarre that I find it really... with the spokesman at the plan seminars drives me crazy. I hate how condescending she is to Ruth. Mind you, she is the Borg Queen, so maybe her plan all along is to assimilate these poor unfortunate souls for world domination. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I love Bobo and his little rant against against Kroner. It's a shame that that later he gives in to the man. Once again, Brenda is pushing Nate away while once again, Brenda is pushing Nate away while looking for some kind of meaning in her half, in her life post-Billy. She seems to be slipping back into her old habits, judging by the scene in the bar, though. That guy was so sleazy. I don't know about that, necessarily. Uh, She's having fun. <laughs> Let her have fun. Ruth may tell Claire that the seminar was horrible, and she's not going back, but she's also starting to use all their lingo. Don't let them assimilate you, Ruth. <laughs> I love Rico and Nate's scene discussing their sex lives. I don't love anything involving Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> Yay, Nathaniel Sr. He brightens up every episode he is in. I really like the actress that plays Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> She's like emphasizing this. Or... <laughs> Sounds familiar. It's not Starbuck. the fact that ruth has to pretend to call claire while actually calling the cinema booking line is sad claire is going through a rough time at the moment and i think she actually would appreciate ruth reaching out to her if if she did it in the right way i think she would be a little weirded out yeah yeah um uh, i find the body language during nate and brenda's dinner scene really interesting Nate is leaning into her as though he's really trying to connect, but it also makes him look as though he's interrogating her. <laughs> Meanwhile, Brenda is literally squirming in her seat, looking like she wants to bolt. How do you think the relationship will de- develop after this episode? Mm. I can't say. What do you girls think? <laughs> I, I uh, was concerned when she was talking about the guy at the bar. She was so quick to pull out a lie as to who he was. That really bothered me. She is a chameleon, isn't she? Oh, she's too good a liar. She's too crafty. It just, it does not bode well. Hmm. This episode really is full. This episode is really full of people saying the F-bomb. Ruth outburst seemed a little out of character, though. She doesn't seem like the kind of person that would just let, let it, would just let rip with a stream of swear words at complete strangers. Ruth was one of the characters that it really took a long time for me to warm up to when watching the series for the first time, partly because her characterization does often seem a little over the, all over the place. I do love her and Robbie's friendship. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I like how Alan Ball explained her. Like, uh, like she's just like got all this like rage battled up, you know, all this. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, she just lets it explode all over the place. <laughs> she's been so repressed for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, she has. I do love Robbie, though. He's fun yeah. when he's not being all culty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or condescending. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, Gabe is now about as messed up as he can get. Oh, Claire, we did warn you. <laughs> so I like this episode more than the last one. I would have to give it eight and a half Snickers bars out of ten. 
Loving the podcast. I can't wait to guest with you guys again this season. You rock, Claire. You rock too, Claire. Thanks. <laughs> yes. All right. So that was our one listener eulogy, but it did take up a long time, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> thank you, Claire. <laughs> Just keep on sending in those emails. We love it. Um, so uh, going on to our last rights section. Um, let's see what our final thoughts on the episodes and ratings are. Who wants to go first? I won't put Brad on the spot. Yeah. Punch. I was going to say Brad, yeah. Okay, Brad. Oh, he's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Put me on the spot. <laughs> um, I was torn. The first time I, I – because I, luckily I watched this twice. Because the first time I was incredibly enraged pretty much over the whole teacher scene the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that really sidetracked you, didn't wow. it, Brad? <laughs> it really did. Derailed. <laughs> between between the, the idea of ethics and evolution, just the concept, and then the teacher scene, and then – and also when Nathan said oh, – oh, wait. Hold on. I forgot to mention this. What did he say? It was awful. It's not boring. It's spiritual. That that lost a lot of points. <laughs> but I will say overall, they did do a lot in this episode. They got a lot of story in. And it was a good pace and everything. So I guess I have to go 6.7 out of 10 <laughs> Bobo Spittles. <laughs> I can't say seven. Moira? Okay. I liked this episode a gazillion times more than the previous one. Um, and I was enormously relieved when Claire did the right thing with the gun and got help from her family. And I loved Keith pitching in and being there for her. I'm sure Tez didn't love it, but I did. <laughs> I liked Ruth Outburst, as I said. I enjoyed all of that. Um, even her weird building language, you know, <laughs> home remodeling lingo just made me giggle through the whole thing. And I thought it was neat to watch the the Brenda Nate um, evolution. I don't know where it's going, but they're keeping me interested in wanting to find out. So I think that's a good sign. So overall, I was going to give it eight and a half out of ten sexy, sultry, bodily communications. Ooh. Um, I like this episode a little better than the last one, too. Um, still wasn't my favorite, though. Uh, I did like that Ruth, um, uh, had her little outburst, uh, at the plan, and, uh, her and, uh, Robbie drinking in the bar. That was great. That was probably my favorite scene of the episode. Um, also really like how Claire was finally able to deal with the situation, uh, with Gabe so that, uh, you know, it doesn't escalate. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it seven out of 10 flaming dream sluts. <laughs> okay. Uh, I won't ask where that comes from. Where did that, okay, where, where, okay, where did that come from? The girl who her dad had a dream that she had sex before marriage oh, and he set right. her on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I took flaming the wrong way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I will definitely, uh, I, like I said, I loved it. Uh, just like you guys said, for many of the same reasons, I'm just going to be short about this. I was going to give it an 8 out of 10, but I'm giving it an extra point for having uh, Nathaniel Sr. in it. So it's 9 out of 10 legless grandmas. (laughs) (laughs) Poor grandma. (laughs) Well, let's move on to burying this bitch. I hate that line so much. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) It's like like something's screamed in a wrestling ring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com you can leave us a voicemail at one five four one two in embalm visit us on the Facebook <clears throat> or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com please uh, in the subject line tell us the title of the episode you're talking to us about so that we do not inadvertently get spoiled by reading ahead but we love your feedback so please keep it coming 
Hooray. And hooray for Brad for being our my first guest with matching genitalia. Thank you very much, sir. Thank <laughs> you so much. I'm so proud. Have you, have so you personally proud. checked his genitalia? Yes. How yes. do you know this? I think Moira and I might have to check for you guys. We, well. can, we can be the judge. <laughs> Send your stats to Des if you want a guest. That's right. Uh, I haven't got a penis picture texted to me in a while. <laughs> okay, well. I'll take a shower. You mustn't be consorting with congressmen. uh brad uh you want to tell everybody where to find you yes you can catch me on the twin peaks podcast where we talk about the awesome show that des loves twin peaks (laughs) i hate twin peaks i love twin peaks Um, also if you if you perchance curious about the antics of mr belvedere and saved by the bell um (laughs) i recommend you hit up the ramjack podcast it's fun times (laughs) <laughs> also, if you uh, want to hear about Teddy and Kermit, which I love, the adventures of Teddy and Kermit. Oh, Teddy and Kermit. They are <laughs> just a I, uh, I, I did challenge you. I think it was in the Carney Cats group since we just we all just go there and talk about our own podcasts. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I did say that uh, I, I challenge you to uh, do a little bit of an analysis of Webster next. Um, the Papadopoulos' need some. <laughs> We've got a long, long list of 80 sitcoms to take care of. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, so you can find uh, Moira on tw- on the Twitter um, at, at Moira Brown with an E. And you can also find her taking one for the team and eating all the unwanted Brazil nuts. <laughs> um, it's true. I'll do it. <laughs> you can find me on here and on Redemptioncast and on the Twitter at El Robinero. And does, that's it for hey, what? Does anyone want to know where they can find me? Well, you had your chance. You're everywhere. <laughs> you skipped me. <laughs> we hey. talked about where Brad was. Then we talked about on Facebook Carnicast, and then you talked about Moira, and then you talked about you. But you know, you didn't let me say I am going to be guesting in an upcoming episode of Carnicast shortly. So, do we really want to plug Carnicast here? Carnicast. <laughs> I'll be on Carnicast in a couple wonderful- hours. Email that we Thank got? you for that, Brad. <laughs> Carney cast rocks. It does. It, yes. It's funny. Uh, um, <laughs> Brad is taking uh, my place on Carney cast Claire show and Claire uh, a few weeks ago took my place on <laughs> Twin Peaks cast, which is Brad show. It's a- okay. Des, oh, tell us where we can family. find you. <laughs> um, yes, you can find me here. You can find me on what's home with Stefan Des, where I talk TV. You can find me on nonsense cast where I talk nonsense. Uh, you can Ooh. find me on fatal attraction, a lost girl podcast. Um, where they boil I, rabbits. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> what? Different um, kind of fatal attraction. I guess. Yes, yes. Oh, you spell it F-A-E-T-A-L, attraction, there because they're phase. Um, and you can also find me on my new podcast that I do with Gabby uh, called Bitch, Please. You might find me there, too. Yes. <laughs> Episode one, baby. Moira will be there. Woohoo! I'm looking forward to my guest appearance, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Brad. Uh, we appreciate you coming in, and especially since I just told you last night we were doing it the next day <laughs> after being oh. hit by a car. After being hit by a car. I know you're having a bad night, but Poor get ready Brad. for the podcast. <laughs> what a trooper! Thank you, Brad. I know, right? It takes and more he... than a Chrysler to take down a bull moose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Alex didn't know what the bull moose was. That was so funny. He's like, what's a bull moose? It's a man moose. I know, I know, but uh, he didn't know what it was. All right, that's it for KisherCast this week. Next week, your homework is Driving Mr. Mossback. And as for the plan, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I have a very nice house. I have nice children and a nice job and a nice gentleman friend. Can't anyone just be happy? I'm happy. Who's buying Ruth's house? We don't believe your house is structurally sound, Ruth. Who knows better, me or a room full of complainers? What do you really want to complain about, really? The fact that the blood stopped circulating to my rear end four hours ago. (laughs) Okay, what else? You want me to complain? 
All right, then. Fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck all of you with your sniveling self-pity. And fuck all your lousy parents. Fuck my lousy parents while we're at it. Fuck my selfish bohemian sister and her fucking bliss. Fuck my legless grandmother. Fuck my dead husband and my lousy children with their nasty little secrets. And fuck you, Robbie, for dragging me to this terrible place and not letting me have a Snickers bar. I'm going to get something to eat. Can I help you enjoy that Snickers? Happy peanut soul over chocolate-covered mountaintops and waterfalls of caramel. Prancing nougat in the meadow sings a song of satisfaction. Hi, this is Abrielle with California Psychics. I recently had a reading where uh, I actually received a song that was very important to the person, and uh, I actually was able to sing the song. And of course, the person was very—it was a very moving moment for them. And they truly knew knew it was their beloved because it was a song that they had sung together. It was very moving for both of us. Extruded and bought a crown and baked into cakes which are passed around. 